All right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 304. Uh, I'm here as one of the co-hosts. As always, my name is Steve, and joining me as my brothers in arms, my friends forever, my buds till this podcast ends. <laughs> yeah, that works. Who are you again? I'm Ron. And I'm John. Yep, yep, uh, both and, correct. And 304, another area code. Do you know 304? I knew I knew you looked it up. I'm, I yeah. I don't I don't. Is that Miami? New Jersey, West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. So close. Oh, okay. I keep thinking I'm going to be like, oh, and let's talk about all the movies that happened in that place. I mean, I'm sure last yeah. time when it was Denver, Colorado, <laughs> we could have. Um, I'm sure there's movies that are shot in Denver or or that take place in Denver that would have made sure. good conversation, but I don't think we have that stuff on the tops of our heads. That's more right. like the kind of thing you dig into. But if anybody wants to mention their favorite movie that took place or was filmed in West Virginia, um, now's the time. Didn't that feel like one of, it. Isn't one of those football movies in West Virginia or one of those like inspirational Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, maybe. I feel like that teen uh, horror movie, uh, the one that just got remade was done in West Virginia, right? Wasn't there like a horror teen, film with some t- teens in a teen in the woods? Uh, oh, the wrong turn. Remake? Yeah, wrong turn. Isn't that? Yeah, in, oh, yeah. yeah. That Virginia? sounds like some Virginia action. I yeah. think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, but we are not in West Virginia. Yeah, we not. are as as we've been for the last 15 months in our respective homes in and around the Baltimore metro area here mm-hmm. in Maryland. The 410, 443, maybe 301, depending where you are. Um, hopefully, well, we passed that one. We should have thrown 301 out there, but yeah, you should. Hopefully, we make it to 4, 410 and we can really have a party. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as we're gonna start the episode, all we've been doing like little catch ups, news bits, trailers, anything like that that's popped up. I know, Ronald, you'd mentioned uh, one uh, super saucy thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah, man, Spice, uh, HBO Max, the executives have basically banned um season three of harley quinn which depicts uh a scene where batman goes down on harley on catwoman uh to be taken out of the show um and the reason why that's a little contradictory is if you go back to the killing joke which was an incredible comic book that was made into an animated film Batman just has sex with Batgirl on the roof for no reason. It's not in a comic. It doesn't exist anywhere but this movie. But he just has sex with it. It just It's just weird. They take their clothes off on the roof. And then when it comes to this, this play of power, possibly, uh, between two characters, um, they're, they're just cutting it out. Because they're saying Batman wouldn't do that. Uh, Wait, Batman and Batgirl? You Batman. Said on- yeah. In, in the killing, killing joke. joke? Okay. Yeah. Didn't that sound weird? It's John. Sound, I know Batman and Batgirl I saw aren't your, related. I saw but, your face. But it's I it's sounds like incest, you know. Yes, and I know man. that's I know that's not right, but it's is this sh- conversation why they maybe are doing the Yeah, like, they don't want people to have did. this conversation. They don't want this conversation again yeah. on something that they're overseeing, I guess. But is the yeah. is the is the actual DC quote, I've got to find this. Um it's like he wouldn't do that or something oh, like that. Oh, he, heroes don't do that. Heroes yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do that. I mean, I, I don't want to get too personal here, but I, yeah. I I think most women would disagree with that statement. Yeah, yeah. Most heroes, I feel like, do. I think yeah. that's what makes you a hero sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he, heroes don't wear capes, but they do yeah. at least reciprocate. If not, that's try, true. Tr- try to inspire reciprocation by, by starting That should be that, like a slogan. You know? That's, yeah, that's yeah. the slogan right there. Here's not Colin heroes Kaepernick. wear capes, but they all reciprocate. But I, there's got to be you got to be even more re- proactive than recipro- reciprocation. Yeah. See, this this has gotten me all tongue tied. No, but, I got um, you. But uh, it's yeah, it's got to be even more. Uh, um, yeah, this is this is a this is a touchy subject, and it's weird because if you didn't know why this subject was being talked about for a second, it was like, oh, the first person I saw that posted like actors that would perform cunnilingus like the actors that have played batman people were ranking them as like most likely and least likely to perform cunnilingus and i saw a good version of that list and i was like yeah i agree michael keaton is at the top of that list and christian bale is at the bottom of that list i think that's a pretty funny (laughs) list and i also agree adam west is right in the middle of that list um 
And then I saw the second or third joke about it, and I was like, why is everybody talking yeah, about Batman yeah. going down? And then I, I, I saw the news. So it's one of those weird times where, you know how like someone you, you like is trending on Twitter, and you go, please don't be dead, and please don't be canceled. Um, yeah, yeah. This was like th- that same thing of like, Batman and Cunnilingus are, are, are trending together. What, what, whatever, what, for, whatever for? Um, but yeah, this is crazy. Like, what a weird thing for them to a weird thing for them to draw the line at, given how much crazy shit is in that show. So Yeah, man. Yeah, what a, you know what a bunch of squares. Uh, you, know you know what's crossed over? I, I, for all my news, I always go to the uh, Twitter page for Devin Sawa, you know, the 90s heartthrob. Yeah. For those out there, he's the one to follow if you want to really know what's going on. Really? He's uh, like the Eve Six guy of acting. You know what I mean? He's yeah, a little he's, bit like... He, he's a good follow. He's a yeah. good follow. He doesn't but, give a shit. Uh, I was going to show you. I don't know if you can see this. He posted this. <laughs> Someone went and made Batman underwear. I mean, obviously, Photoshopped. I mean, I pre-ordered That's it, so but I'm good. waiting for the order to go through. Batmanties? <laughs> Batmanties, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Shout out to Devin, man. Yeah. Come on yeah. the pod, bro. We love you yeah. here. Yeah, see right, you sure. Uh, but he's a good follow on Twitter. He's, he's a really, yeah, he's, he's out there lighting it up. Um, what else? Any other news? Any other news items? Uh, oh, um, oh, this is Marvel news, though. Uh, but it is some Marvel news. Uh, the Namor, Namor. Origins, Namor, how do Namor. I Namor. Namor, the Namor origins are starting to become more clear. Um, he is, uh, so rather than it being Atlantis, uh, it will be the Mayan civilization under the water supply. So so let's let's give a little context for what you're talking about because yes. this is some of my favorite recent news just as a comic book nerd yeah, which yeah. is that they've started spreading rumors or some rumors have leaked of characters being cast for uh the the sequel to Black Panther which is called Black Panther Wakanda Forever um and they are casting uh the Submariner and Prince Namor is is known as the Submariner and also like th- those are the rumors and the idea there being that in the comics Atlantis and Wakanda had this ongoing battle over over the years and yeah. so it implies an epic fantasy underpinning for for who would the villains or who the antagonists of the next uh black panther film might be but it also opens the doors to some really interesting mythology uh and uh yes so you're what you're saying is now that some of those it won't be atlantis in the movie supposedly right that's what yeah. they're saying so which the makes room- sense because aquaman is already happening and they yeah, have that yeah so. Right. But, you know, it's a pretty big step because Apocalypto is pretty much the only long form depiction of Mayans in, in film form. Like, so this is like a huge, huge thing if it if it comes to fruition and hats off to Marvel for being so open about this. You're going to see a different sort of uh, representation on film. You know, it's it's crazy, man. Like if 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 it's true. Uh, which it probably is. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of times these rumors are, when they turn out to be true in spirit, even if not in the way that people said. But a lot of times I feel like, and I'm not I'm not pretending I'm smart to say this, but I think a lot of times these, these rumors are like controlled leaks yeah, that presage the actual leak or the actual reveal. And it's almost yeah. like a fact-finding mission is to like see how people find out uh, or, or react. Uh, to this stuff, but just yeah. as a comic book nerd, the idea that like they're going to expand that that Black Panther two can go off in its own crazy fantasy mythological direction without really doubling back on what we consider this sort of westernized mm. side of the MCU. It doesn't have to deal with America or Avengers or anything to get big. It can deal with it can get huge and deal with other civilizations, other like you said, Ronald, other cultures that whether whether they are. Uh, uh, fictional or real are are different than what we've seen before so yeah that opens it up and i could see ryan coogler being very excited about doing something really big and fantastical like that that might still have some weight to it so we'll have to see how it goes but it's exciting man that was a little snippet a little preview of marvel schmarvel we won't talk about that on marvel schmarvel but we will talk about the new episode of loki (laughs) or or we did what's the order of these things coming out now does marvel schmarvel come out technically first no technically first yeah, so you need to go back. If you're watching this on YouTube, you need to go back. Go, you, you need you to go into you the multiverse. Go back. Yeah, you got to go back uh, and, and watch the, yes. You need one of those little, like, time walls that they yeah, have yeah, yeah. And, and the TVA. Yep, Absolutely. we'll talk about that. 
later, or we've already talked about it, <laughs> or somewhere it, we are it, always it. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that I mean that that's about it. That's all I could think of. It you know it's been kind of a slow yeah week, and I think some of that has to do with like you know we're, we're being kind of reacquainted with movie theaters. People are starting to go back, which is pretty yeah. damn cool, man. I know two. Uh, I know two guys. Yeah. I don't know where Steve is, but you know who else got reacquainted? With You're his? over here for me. You're this there. This guy. These guys. Me and Steve. Did you? Did you, did you uh, forego the theater, Ronald? You, you did not. Yeah, go. man. I'm. I'm not no. ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I totally respect that. And it was. It was. You know, uh, I have to say a little bit of social pressure. You guys looked really happy outside the theater, Steve. Steve, <laughs> Steve went to see uh, a movie at the theater with some friends, some mutual friends, and they just all looked so happy outside the theater. Y'all look super um, happy, man. And I was like, man, that I'm looks so fun. I'm so excited, man. And, and it, this was like Henry was finishing up school this week uh, mm. for the year, and it was like, let's make a celebration of this by doing something as a family that yeah. uh, we did as a family when the last film in this franchise came out. Um, I don't know if it's a franchise yet when, you, when it's just two, but uh, we're oh, what's talking Franchise. Oh, it's... Well, it's going to be, but I guess as of now, it's a duology. Uh, but yes, a quiet place part two. Um, I saw it in the theater as I was. I was trying to be cool like my buddy Steve, who saw it in the theater. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll not spoil anything for you, Ronald. But I think okay. it would be good to talk a little bit about going back and also what what it meant to choose this movie in particular as the one to go back. Steve, what it what, what was your experience like at? I think you went to an AMC theater, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the AMC. Um, Trying to drive that stock by my, by my house. Yeah, trying to. AMC uh, to the moon. <laughs> to the moon, baby. To the moon. Ape Nation. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I take that back. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, kind of seesawing back and forth over this for, like, since it came out. But uh, to me, like, if I was on the verge or on the fence a bit, a bit about it, um, going back, which I've, I've obviously really wanted to do. We've all wanted to do. We're all huge moviegoers uh, in the theater experiences and stuff like that. But, you know, this movie for me, A Quiet Place, was really the one that, uh, you know, even more than really any other movie coming out this summer, to be honest with you, like more than Fast 9 or Black Widow or anything else, really, that's coming out this summer. Uh, just because, I, yeah, I loved A Quiet Place 1. It was one of my favorite movies that year. Very excited for the sequel. Um, and this is one of those movies that like, I feel like it is an experience seeing it in a theater. The first one was, and, uh, for me beyond just seeing it, you know, beyond it being the time that I went back to a movie theater, uh, kind of separating from that a little bit, like just seeing it in a theater is a great experience like this film specifically. So, you know, I kept going back and forth and I just got to the point where I was like, you know, eventually it's going to be dropping down to Paramount plus and, you know, it's already been out for three or four weeks and it's, you know, still number one. So maybe it'll be around a little while. Maybe it won't. I don't know what life's going to look like. You know, I just life's getting busier. And I'm just like, there's a window where like we can all go, you know, we'll go to, the, you know, the last show of the day. Hopefully it won't be as crowded. And so we just did it, man. Um, you know, I, I, I like how the AMCs, like ever since they did their renovations, like you know, all the rows are like raised and below each other. So like you're not very near people and oh, wow. they're still doing the thing where like when you buy seats in a row, like, you know, the seat next to you is still blocked off. Mm -hmm. So like there's always space between you and the party next to you, um, which is all another plus. Uh, the theater was very clean. They're cleaning on between showings, which is great. Um which you just hope they would keep doing forever. I know. Um, uh, <laughs> Why weren't yeah, they always no, it doing felt, that? <laughs> it, it just felt very optimal for me. I mean, and it, you know, to be honest, I still wore my mask the whole time because I'm just like at that point still. Yeah, um, yeah But but uh, it was a great experience. I mean, the movie was great. I loved being back in the theater. Uh, it was very, you know, it just felt great to go. You know, we haven't really done a lot of things at all in the past 15 months at all. You know, like among us like aaron and i my wife or amongst really many of our friends like to do anything together so you know we're all vaccinated and we're you know responsible with the things that we're doing like i said still wore a mask but i just felt great being there man and sitting in that seat and laying back and the sound and the picture it was just uh, a little overwhelming when it first started i was extremely excited and very emotional about it because it was I, and and to be honest with you like we went to a movie like the day before it got locked down 
So like it was almost like 15 months to the day yeah. of us wow. going back to a movie. Like we went and saw a movie like just before Aaron's birthday in March. And I think it was like March 13th. And then we went like, you know, May 13th this year. So it was like, it's been that long. And it was like a weird bookend to an experience. Not that it's over, you know, still doing this life that we now all live, but it was great, man. I'm excited for whenever you're ready, Ronald, because I know you'll appreciate it and, you know, just feel it the way I'm sure John did too. It just was, mm. it was just a great thing to do, man. It felt, it felt really nice. What about you, John? How did it go for you guys? Um, yeah, we, we did a Cinemark theater and uh, they, I, c- I couldn't tell if they had remodeled, but they definitely had, when you went to purchase seats, like, if like if you're looking at the rows, it's like the first three seats were buyable, and then the middle three were not, and then oh, cool. and then the the next three were, and then on the back row everything was buyable because you can think about it as like there's a there's like a, a a square cut out of the middle or a rectangle cut out of the middle, so that the only people who were too close to other people I would guess would be if you bought two tickets. And you were in one of those chunks of three. But yeah. I did, I kind of was looking at the tickets as they were selling. And I think they maybe, if two people bought a ticket, then the other seat just disappears from the, from, from being bet, viable I, or it something. It probably does. It probably um, does. But what was, you know, we're a party of three. So we only had like an in front of us, which is like in those recliner rows. So it's like in front of us down a level, there were, yeah. there were people. But I didn't even see Same. them. I didn't even see the backs of their heads. So I felt... Oh. Same. So in my mind, I was like, knowing it's going to be like that, and I was like, you know, if I'm going to go, I mean, I, you know, I, I get I get in line at Rite Aid, and not everybody's uh, adhering to the six foot rule. Yeah. I sometimes forget. My, I have to say, I wear the mask like crazy. I sometimes forget. Oh wait, I'm I'm posting myself too far, you know, not far enough away from this person for comfort or whatever. Yeah. So in in a sense, I was like, I I felt like, and the, it was a Tuesday night screening. Or was it a Monday? I think it was either Monday or Tuesday. Um, and it was, you know, so it wasn't very crowded. So I guess there were just right. a lot of factors that were kind of what, like what you said. We were very tactical yeah. about what we did. Even looking at the seat chart when I was buying the ticket, I was like, there. even if everybody bought a ticket, this doesn't look like a full theater. You know, you could tell from the seats that were blocked out just from the beginning. Yeah, 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 definitely. So within that, it was, I mean, I guess I can just co-sign a lot of what you said. It just felt like you're learning how to act again. You're going back and you kind of want to stop and talk to people. But of course, there's like screens everywhere and you take everything a little bit more seriously than you did before, like keeping it moving and where are you supposed to stand and stuff. But it, it, you know, so it's a slightly more militarized experience than it used to be. But um, as far as the act, like I want, when I was buying our stuff at the concession stand, I, I didn't know what to say to the person. You know, I was like, what do you say after they say enjoy your show because it's like I didn't want to just say oh thank you I'm not even talking about screwing up and saying you too uh, but <laughs> but I'm it was like I wanted to say thank you and uh, I'm so glad we're back here with you you know it's like I didn't know what to say but I just felt like because I wanted to say welcome back to them and I was like yeah. well no they've been back a bit but I don't know it's just it just it was emotional and it was uh, yeah. a little heavy in a way um, but it you know it's like you're something you like to do it's like it's your a form of i don't know i mean it goes i don't want to make it too grand or anything but we all love going to see movies and we have this show that we've done for a a decade because movies mean something to us and the way you want to see a a, a certain type of movie especially but any movie really is in that dark room with other people breathing and reacting and i don't know it did feel it did feel kind of cool and it did feel like this was a really solid piece of entertainment to go back for, you know, like it yeah. was just, I kind of knew we were in good hands. I knew even if it was more of the same, I would, I would be happy to see this one on a big screen. And in that aspect of it, it was fun. It was once again, fun, Ronald, how quiet it got, even though it wasn't as crowded mm. as before that you still had like 25, 30 people, however many were in that theater that were like moments of this movie where it is completely quiet. Uh, like because the, it shifts in and out of the what the hearing of the character on the screen is like, and occasionally oh, we're wow. in the ears of the of the um, the deaf girl, um, and it's like it it really was amazing. Once again, that you're like, oh, if I'm if I if I like crunched on a soft piece of popcorn, someone might hear it a row away right now. <laughs> I mean, and that's movie magic. I think we talked about that last time, but I think that yeah, part definitely. of the experience. So it, it was kind of neat to have that. To have it be that that type of movie, um, but within within that, I will say one thing. I don't know. Did at AMC did they have like uh, Cinemark had a couple of commercials mixed in with the trailers that were like a little too 
a little too desperate, a little too thirsty. They would like show Black Widow, but they would shrink it down to like uh, a tenth of the screen and say, movies aren't meant to be watched like this. Movies are meant to be like this. And it gets as big as it can be. And it's like, Cinemark wants you to remember the cinematic experience wow. is important. But I was like, oh, I was like, you're make, hey, you're bashing our home theaters. And you know what? Our home theaters have served us well in the last 15 months. Yeah, I don't want right. to go out. I don't want to buy a ticket to have someone making fun of my because I can sit as close as I want to to this yes. chair over here. No, but it was just a little funny. I was wondering if that's a thing all theater chains are doing some form of like, like, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a little thirsty. It's a little bit like, hey, don't, don't you remember? We're way better than everything else, you know? There wasn't like any commercials like that. Like in the trailers, there was like one, the trailer for uh, Hitman's wife's hitman's wife's bodyguard or whatever yeah. that's called whatever it's called. um there was like an intro from salma hayek saying like thank you for coming back to theaters and like this is a great place to see our new movie blah blah, blah. and like the intro for quiet place when it started john krasinski had a intro yeah. like thanks for coming back to amc or whatever like welcome back you know it's more of yeah. like a a warm welcome rather than like a choose us over that kind of thing right but there wasn't any of that uh, a little heavy-handed uh, <laughs> commercials that I saw, at least. But uh, I wanted to make a comment real quick about trailers before we get in. Like, I, I figure we can mention about Quiet Place a little bit. But yeah, I got to say, man, the trailers, like watching trailers that we've been talking about trailers, like that was a quick reminder to me of like even beyond seeing the movies that we're dying to see in theaters, right, seeing right. trailers in theaters so good. can like make a break like wanting to see a movie yes, like man. we saw the top gun maverick trailer and oh. i don't think aaron or lauren really would ever have an interest in watching that movie and like i was like floored by the trailer i think that was the first time i'd seen it in theaters and they both were like aaron's like i've never i, I need to watch the original like and lauren's like that looks so good like it just does like you know a good trailer like and that's a good trailer in my opinion but like on the screen like that that trailer plays like gangbusters. Yeah, the and footage, the, some of the footage they got, and you just know it being a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, they did man. as much wow. shooting of actual jets and wow. from the cockpits yeah. of actual jets as they could. So, yeah, I have just to say, killer. even not being someone who has too much of a thing about Top Gun, I agree. Like that trailer, the just the just that part of it, the spectacle of it was yeah. like, yeah, this is this is on a fifty foot screen for a reason. So, mm. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know. In general, though, Quiet Place too. Like, I personally loved it. I mean, I feel like, um, I think that the uh, I how to say this. Like, I feel like the only thing that some people maybe, or that I've seen some people complaining about, is that you know, they may, maybe it feels like the middle movie and like a three movie thing. Now that they've already announced uh -huh. that there's like a third movie coming. Um, that's going to be directed by Jeff Nichols, um, which I love that idea. Oh, wow. Uh, I, mean, I, I kind of hoped it would be Krasinski's thing, but I mean, if you're going to bring I, somebody in, yeah, though, yeah. bring him in. Yeah, he's, he's great yeah, for this I, type of tone. I really like what, what Krasinski's done with these two movies, and I think he's just like, what a what a streak. Like, these two are great. Um, but yeah, Nichols would be, I think, an interesting choice. I'm a, I'm a fan of his, but I didn't really feel that way personally. I feel like this movie feels like pretty solid in terms of starting and ending on its own terms. And um and speaking of starting, I just think that, you know, this is no spoiler, the trailers, um, it's all there. But like the whole day one sequence that you can kind of see in the trailer. Yeah. Mm. That, that, I mean, that's the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And holy shit, that scene is amazing. It's great. Mm. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's like Spielberg level uh, set. It piece. is. That's exactly what I was going to say. Literally the things I was. Gonna, yeah. I mean, it feels like that. It's got this warmth to it, like this community, this like this innocence to it and just to see those two ideas collide, like when these things come to earth, um, I thought it was just like amazing sequence. And um, it's gotten a lot of attention for that. And I thought it was pretty well-deserved, but I, I thought the movie was great. I mean, I loved it. I thought, uh, is, it, is it Millicent Simmons or is that her last name? Who plays the daughter? Um, I, I don't know, but yeah. Millicent is her first name. I know she's incredible. Yeah, like mm. it's, it's basically in some ways her movie. And, uh, I think she was great in it and I loved how she kind of was, you know, got to take the bulk of the film on, on with her. And like what John was saying, like some of the sound design, like kind of switching beyond just being silent and quiet. Like you literally are like hearing it through her ear, you know, through her sense of, of sound, like it goes completely quiet and you see this action happening in and around. It's just, it was a really cool way to kind of reframe what we already experienced in the first movie 
on a different level. Um, I really like Killian Murphy. I like him in general. I thought he was great in this. Um, And I just love these movies. I mean, honestly, like I'm really excited Mm. for whatever they do with the third one. But in 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 a nutshell, like they're just a lot of my favorite things with movies. It's like there's this family. There's an innocence to it. There's a survival. There's like a you know the sci-fi element of it, and I just think it's all really well balanced. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's one of the better. I mean, I think it's probably my. I mean, of what I've seen this year, it's definitely the, my favorite movie that I've seen this year. And I'm sure the experience going to theaters is a part of that. But I mean, it's like it's definitely my best experience watching the movie for sure. Well, I mean, it's the way it was meant to be seen. So that's not like you're giving it extra points for that. But I do think being able to have that type of experience to peg a movie like this too helps. Because I know that when I think about the first movie, I think about how well-constructed it is and how well-acted and just some of those action sequences and how, for me, it lives beyond any of the nitpicks. People love to... You know, I, I'm, I, I've gotten every now and then it's fun with you guys to sort of nitpick certain things on this show. And I do think that's part of blowing off steam as a movie fan. But right. people who are like looking for plot holes or looking for things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there were some things in the first quiet place that you had to sort of accept as this is the movie keeping it simple and keeping th- yeah. certain things visual. Yeah. Um, and I like how this movie goes back to all those things and doesn't apologize for them and doesn't really over explain them. Like anybody who ended the first movie going, um, that dry erase board in uh, in their in their like basement or whatever is dumb because uh, you know the way people criticize the way it had written on it like what's the weakness must find the weakness yeah. or something but it's like this movie comes back to that and has a shot of it like th- it's not apologizing for it it's like well that's how we got information across to you that's what that might even be what a person would do maybe they wouldn't write it yeah, in yeah, such yeah. overt terms but this is movie language movies kind of are trying to give you a shorthand sometimes another thing was the the use of of sound in the in the first movie like that that might be a weapon that you can use against this creature and people were always saying like oh how did no one figure that out that these creatures have sensitive hearing and that's how they get us how did we not uh, think about like using sound to fight them before and i think this movie addresses that but just in a plot way but by saying it wasn't sound itself that did it it was a particular frequency a particular kind of sound mm. there's a little bit of like a of like a chosen one element almost to that in this story but yeah. in, a, in a very grounded way again i don't think the movie needed to do it but i like that they that, that if you do have that sticking point this movie is like yeah but we gave you a little bit of an answer um yeah. <clears throat> so i don't know i think this movie is very smart about the way it is a sequel i think at its and i'm not even saying at, it was there was anything really that i'm saying was bad about it i'm saying at its worst when i was really enjoying this movie i was thinking oh this is just kind of an extension of the first movie with some cool action in it. And then when yeah. it gets to the end, God damn it, yep. it, you know, you get to the end and you know exactly what this movie is doing, especially in relation to the first movie and the way the first movie ends. It's like, okay, the first movie was all about why bring kids into the, a, a, not just this world in the movie, but why bring a kid into a failed world, into a dangerous world, into a world where you won't be around to protect them forever. And the best you can do is try and probably die trying. Um, this movie seems like it doesn't have anything that heavy on its mind, but when it gets to the end, you go, yep, this movie was setting us up for this for this moment of like, what's it about? Well, okay, I could put it in a sentence right now and it would be an awesome sentence. I won't though, Ronald, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying it, it gets there. And I think that along the way it flirts with other things we've seen, like, you know, that humans are a threat in this. And if that got to be so much of a thing, it would start to feel kind of walking deadish. Um, I like the way this movie kind of keeps it simple. Even the stuff we encounter, you know, I kept thinking we might see more variations on the creature or we might see some deeper mythology of where the creatures come from or what they're trying to do. But the movie's much more about those visceral moments of uh, what do you do when you're in, a, in an expanse and you've got to get from here to there and then one of those things is coming for you. They yeah. are fast. I'd forgotten how fucking fast they were. <laughs> and it's broad daylight a lot of times too. So yeah, I think I was, I mean, I was, especially in the opening stretches when it's like sequence after sequence and I could watch all day people sneaking around and one of those creatures sneaking up behind them when they don't see it yet, but we do. I could watch that all day. It gets me every time. But... Right. Again, the movie does something a little more than that. When it gets there, it's and it does the same thing the first one did of when it wants to end, when it's made its point, 
Let's go to credits, Done. folks. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. stick yeah. around for 20 minutes of people talking about how it went and what just happened. Um, so you're leaving the theater thinking about what the implications, and as you say, Steve, if this sets up another movie. I don't think this movie feels like, oh, it's it's shamelessly setting up a sequel. But I do think, okay, I like the set of characters and circumstances that we're dealing with at the end of this movie. As far as picking it up again, um, there's certain people, I, well, one person in particular, I'm glad, made it uh, to the end to, yeah. see, to see what they bring. Um, but yeah. I mean, again, Ronald, it's kind of one of those. If you liked the first one, you'll at least like this. But well, but but as, you might you might have a fucking blast with it. Like like I as did, you so. were talking, as you were talking, I just pre-ordered it on iTunes. <laughs> I'm super excited, man. Like I, I, you know, I'm super excited about the theater experience. But I've you know just kind of in my panic about COVID, I built like essentially a home theater. I'm really looking forward to you guys coming. And sound is really like I blacked out the curtains. I did all that stuff. And I'm really yeah. trying to create a theater experience. But the fun times we've had on that watching that big screen together, I, you know, I'm 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 really close to going back. Yeah. And this this almost got me like I was I almost got up one day. I was like this. It's midday. Nobody's going to be there. Um, yeah. So I'm close. I'm glad you guys I, liked I, it. I will give, you know, I said it earlier a little bit. I do want to give the, at least the theater I went to, the AMC, which is never, well, not never, not always the best theater, you know, I think in terms of right. like clean and like, you know, yeah. organized or whatever. But I mean, I got to say like for, I went on a Sunday night, like the last show on a Sunday night and, um, you know, to its, to its credit, like they were doing a great job of like okay. keeping stuff clean and like the bathrooms were spotless and like, wow. The, the theater, like I was watching them go into theaters when I was leaving or when I got there, switching out of theater. And they had like a crew of like three people going in there with a cart, like cleaning all the seats and like the, I mean, which is good. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it. And uh, I don't know, you know, how long they're going to keep doing it, but I think right. it's, it's the right thing to do, you know, cause that's like a reassurance for me. Like, I don't know that I would have gone had I not already heard that from a few people. Cause I mean, that, that is something I was worried about. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe because I have kids who can't get vaccinated yet. Um, right, but right. I felt comfortable enough to go and I'm, I'm glad I did. But, you know, when is the uh, you pre-ordered it? When is the does it have a date on it? Look, so the the movie's out for rent on the 27th and what they tend to do the 27th of July. And what they tend to right. do is for digital releases, they'll release it like two weeks before that. So 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 for for it to like to purchase. So mm -hmm. I'm it's not given an exact date for the purchase date. But I purchased it. I pre-ordered it for purchase, yeah. which was twenty dollars. Four K, Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision. Um, but I, I'm I think there's going to be a sweet spot where they just kind of let it go, like the tenth or the tenth through the fifteenth of July. I think they're just going to let it go for streaming. I was just thinking how great that movie is going to sound in your home oh system, my Ronald. God. The score we didn't mention. The score is also really good. It's it's got it's a couple great. of like yeah. themes that are very much like distorted and eerie, but there is within them kind of a a, a triumphant theme quality to it. I was yeah. really I was really digging on the music. Um, but yeah, well, maybe once you've seen it, we'll come back to it and do a little bit more of a of what happened in it and what we think of all that character okay. stuff. Uh, but uh, no, I look forward to to hearing your reaction on that <clears throat> yeah it says the says the physical is coming out on the 27th but like there's after that ha after they have the release date it gets real wacky about the digital release like mm -hmm. well sometimes it'll do, you, do you have paramount plus no oh okay is it on paramount plus well because it's 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 well, i think it's the first one or one of the first ones that they're doing like the 45 day window so like july 12th or 13th i think i read Steve, yeah, so I'm gonna un, I'm gonna unpreorder That's why I was wondering what the date was because, like, when I was saying before, I was like worried that it was gonna go to Paramount Plus before I could even get it to yeah, see it in yeah. the theater. Yeah, but I just wasn't sure maybe yeah. if it was coming out earlier. But I mean, you had to double check that before you yeah, cancel anything. Yeah. But I also don't know like what the presentation specs are on Paramount Plus. Like, you know, yeah, I know you're looking for that optimal video audio experience. I don't, but worth checking out because I. I want to say that that may have been the first one that they had in that press release that they were kind of saying mm -hmm. was going to be the 45-day window. Damn, Steve. So, yeah, I don't know. Look into that. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> why don't you, Ronald, why don't you talk a little bit about, um, you saw one of Apple Apple TV Plus's new series, right? Or at least the first couple episodes? Yeah, I saw Physical, man. Um, 
Rose Burns uh, sort of a tour de force in this thing, man. How like, great is she in general? But she looks fantastic. In yeah. This. It, is it really like her show? I mean, it's yeah, just... it's it's her show, man. It's it almost reminds me of that um, David O. Russell movie about uh, Jennifer. Uh, remember she was selling yeah she like got on tv oh yeah what was that called uh, jennifer lawrence yeah. jennifer lawrence david joy 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 there's this like kind of coming into her 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 best form sort of thing you know mm-hmm. she's like a struggling um housewife that kind of comes across an idea that like you know she she thought that her family was a lot more together than it was. And then she's presented with a series of strange things that I cannot make up that you just have to see for yourself that kind of come in the way of uh, her family's prosperity. And one of which is the idea that she thought for a decade money was being saved. She looks in her account and the money's gone. But it's because she has kind of a, she has an eating disorder. She's a bulimic who, who essentially goes on these eating binges, gets large amounts of food, throws it up, and then kind of burns it off. Man, it's it's dark. But along wow. the way, she runs into this, this um, mall-based aerobics class. And there's something about the combination of, you know, feeling special, being at the front of the class. She sees this woman, and she basically tries to pick up how how she does it, what, what they're doing to to do this, because you know that I, that was like a a crazy phenomenon in the yeah. in the eighties and in early nineties. You know, it's it, you know for for the people that are a little younger, there were tapes, there were like aerobics tapes galore on TV and and all the stores, and yeah, that was the cash cow for a lot of people. Yeah, um, and so it kind of embraces all those things like malls in general, like seeing a mall. And that show just makes you think about how it felt to go in a mall. You felt special, man. It was like a big <laughs> deal. Sometimes you'd go and see people singing on stage and people giving out samples and there were shoes and there were games and arcades. It, it. I think at some point we're going to get back to that. I know that sounds, people always act like that's dead forever. I think, man, look, with COVID and everything, when we get to a point where we're okay again, when everybody could walk around with no mask and not worry about the variants and all that stuff. I think we're going to get more into physical things like gatherings of people. And I think, I don't think they're going to be everywhere. I think there's going to be a smattering of places like that. Get togethers where people could kind of, you know, just, just be there, talk to your friends, play, play games. That's my theory. Cause <laughs> everything comes back around, man. People act like things are dead forever. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think some. Uh, of that I hope stuff you're. Like, I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, I miss some of that stuff. I miss you know? it too, man. Like, there, there's no substitute for it, and that there's like, there's a <sighs> conversation in this show about that. Like, you know, what classes do? Like, you know, you you ever see a spin class or something like that? I'm. I'm. Aaron has a a bike, and they have the lessons on there, and you could do it live, and you could. You're in a class. There's like <clears throat> this feeling of like. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta make this person happy. I gotta make this person proud. Yeah, that that she really embraces because she kind of has a lack of control in her life. It's it's a really good couple. You know, you get the first three episodes. Um, they are just as entertaining as they are sad and 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 worth checking out. Apple is making these like highbrow crazy shows that feel like they're only comparable to HBO. Like they, you know, you can't compare them to anything else. They're just a high level of attention to detail. Sets are amazing. Actors and actresses are amazing. Yeah. I can't compare it to anything but HBO. You know, it's like one of those things. I mean, talking about great actors on an Apple TV Plus show, I, I just caught up with the last couple of Mythic Quests. And mm. uh, God, that show. I mean, I feel like they leveled up with those last couple episodes. I'm not even kidding. Like, the, uh, do you notice one of them was written by Craig Mazin too? Like, yeah. 
Um, but uh, the and which again, it's funny to say that about the guy who wrote like those spoof movies at first. But now he's a guy who you gotta. I mean, I've always thought he was an interesting person and an outspoken guy, and some and I find him very funny. But right. he's attached to some. I mean, I think that he's found his way into some really cool projects. So yeah. his name on that meant something to me, you know. But um, I mean, the reason I mentioned like the kind of caliber of actors, like there's a an extended. Storyline with William Hurt and F. Murray Abraham acting the shit it, out of some stuff that's like deep and funny and sad and dark. God and man. like, it remind the only show I can say that it quite reminds me of in terms of where it can go. Like, recently we rewatched all of Community and also Fargo is a show that can do that, where yeah. it's like you go into an episode and you're not really sure what you're going to get. I'm not saying Mythic yeah. Quest has done that every week, but they have in the space of, I don't know, 20 episodes, 18 episodes, however many they've put out. They've had three or four of those like left turn episodes. And I found those last two just really, really good. Like, just there was something, especially the flashback episode, the way it was put together yeah. cinematically. Yeah, yeah. That last scene after the award show with the jealous man, jealous guy playing in the background, yeah. and and uh, she says that thing to him that's, like, totally cuts him to the bone, but it's also kind of in the guise of a compliment. She says that thing about... I mean, she basically alleges that his story was rewritten by Isaac Asimov. Yeah, yeah. We're getting into the weeds of the show. But the acting in that moment, the way he reacts, the score, the way it was shot... I mean, I was honestly going, this is some of the best television I've seen all year. Um, It just really, really killed me. And I I wish I could pull that actor's name. He played Big Head on Silicon Valley. He was fucking incredible as young... uh, uh, He was... Carl, uh, F. Murray Abraham's character. So, no, that show is... I mean, I have been enjoying it, but those two were like, this is what, something else entirely. What they're doing this season of Mythic Quest is just on another level, man. Like it, And I love that they kind of subverted your ideas, because you watch the first season, you think that it's just going to be a continuation of that. But yeah, sure, it is. But there's this bigger thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, the motives for everybody... And, and, you know, when you figure out how Mythic Quest came to be, mm-hmm. God, man, it's it, it like it it'll if you're not moved by that arc, very moving, something yeah. is wrong with you. And, yeah. and like, you know, it just is a reminder that, like, there's a lot of sad stuff that can kind of evolve around revolve around comedy. Like there's a very thin line between something funny and something incredibly sad. You know, it, yeah. it, it reminds me of that quote. Um, uh, tragedy is Mel Brooks. I think you said it. Tragedy is is when I get a paper cut on my finger. Comedy is when I fall down an open manhole and die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that like you lean into the tragedy and the harshness. A lot of times the jokes uh, are there. I gotta say that last one. I won't get too much into the storyline of it, but yeah. I have a friend recently that I've been kind of on the outs with for about a year, going on a year. And I've been really debating, like, is it my job to make amends with this person? I always felt like I was the one to reach out before, and I don't really want to always be that person. But it's been almost a year, and that episode, that last episode uh, with William Hurt and F. Murray Abraham, honestly, at the end, I was a little bit of a mess, because I was like... Yeah, man. So Am, am I going to be up. a bitter old man one day if I don't... <laughs> bridge this gap but is you know it's why i'm sure we all know that feeling why do i have to be the one to reach out yeah. why, why is it my job but maybe it's your job because you're the one that thought of it and you've yeah. you actually thought about it. it's like the other person maybe they're not thinking about it. maybe their life they're so busy they're not thinking about it so i don't know it really was food for thought but it really got me going like anything you can do today to not be 30 years from now going oh shit well i should have done that you know try to go ahead and think about what those do things it. are and say it and do it and all that shit because you don't want to be yeah. a closed off bitter old person who's making up for lost time but yes. um, but no i was thinking i just want to name check a couple of other shows i think dave and atlanta both have the same quality for like a sitcom so maybe those yeah. are even more apt comparisons but like you don't especially on atlanta you have no idea what show you're going to be seeing that week you only know it'll be like thematically connected yeah but like you don't know if which characters are going to be in it or anything like that so um and yeah rob mcelhenny like i mean he's always been really good like i think quietly he's like a great actor and a, a great writer but i don't know there's something to this show even the way they deal with some of the sort of workplace 
um, discrimination issues or like representation issues. I think yeah. as much as I love Silicon Valley, you hear a lot of, well, for one thing, there's a lot of behind the scenes weirdness with the guys on that show or a couple of them. But I did, there were those complaints about why that show was not able to get more female characters in the mix. And I think in yeah. the time, the show kind of made that a, a commentary on itself in a way, but that's mm -hmm. also kind of a dodge of what I think Mythic Quest is doing beautifully, which is like, it's, it's a very diverse cast, and not that that's a thing that makes it good. Well, and maybe it is, but I'm just saying it's it's on top of that. These are great characters, but it it I think the show looks like it's trying to be a little bit more more representational, and and you know again it that helps that feeling of like who's going to be the main character this week, who's going to show the most soul. And you know who I love is David Hornsby. We've talked about him in the past, but Rickety Cricket. <laughs> He's he's another person that brings something to that guy. Yeah, you you, you want to see him bend, but you don't want to see him break. You know, like you yeah. like him a little too much. But that whole thing about him being a wolf and getting <laughs> in the elevator, and then like you find out he's been trapped in the elevator for for hours or whatever. Anyway, Mythic yeah. Quest. If you don't know what we're talking about, um, we've been mentioning it in, in on this show, but I finally just caught up with the second season. I think what it's got three more, three or four more this year. So maybe we'll do a, a season wrap up when it's when it's over. Yeah. Great shows, man. Has anyone else watched Lisey's story? I, I got it wrong last time I said no, Lisey's story. I, I, still haven't, I, still haven't I, I watched the second one and it did not improve, but I find myself still curious what the fuck is happening on this show. <laughs> but it was just as much of a drag. Like Nikki came through and she was like, Oh, you're watching, there's another one of that? And she's like, Why aren't you watching this with me? You know, that's always the question when it's just oh, right, right. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to do this to you, baby. I'm, I'm just curious. But no, it did not, in the second hour, it did not. Did it improve. get better? It's one of those. Yeah, Stephen King in full-on nobody talks this way in real life mode, um, mm. which can be a problem with his stuff. But you know, it's really yeah. Everything I said about it in the first instance is, is even more true second time around. Yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't mess with it then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, what else can we level on Apple TV Plus about? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I finished. I, I did finish uh, for All Mankind. Okay. I need to watch uh, that. That's two that seasons is, of that, right? That it, show is really good. Like, it looks I was, good, man. I was always back and forth and like knowing I wanted to watch it, but just couldn't mm -hmm. get it going. And my one friend who like barely watches anything was like, somehow I started watching For All Mankind and I think it's great. I'm like, okay, well, you're like, you don't like shit. Right. So I'm gonna, if you're t if you're going out of your way to tell me that, like you think I'm going to like it too, like that's, I, I got to watch it. But yeah, we finished the second season a couple of days ago. Um, just a really great show, man. Like there's, there's a lot, like you're saying like there's something going, Apple TV has got something going, you know, with the productions that they have in place in these series, like, you know, the cast is great. The production value is great. And just that, honestly, just the idea for the story is, is, is like amazing. I think, yeah. right, uh, right. you know, just, just this revisionist history, like with enough peppered in to like feel, uh, recognizable, you know, to people that have lived through some of the stuff. Right. Uh, or at least have reference to it. So, um, and I and I really love Joel Kinnaman as as an actor. Um, more, most people probably know him from like The Killing, or he was in uh, the David Ayer Suicide Squad as uh, Rick Flag. But um, he's really good in the show, and the whole cast is really great. Um, but yeah, that's another show on Apple TV that in the last year, I, you know, I think a, a larger audience fell on to that second season and like, it got really, really good reviews. Um, so that's also a, you know, recommendation for sure. Like, yeah. if that sounds interesting, the idea of like the space race never really ending and mm. just escalating and escalating and going through the eighties and the nineties and just, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. So that's also very good. Cool. Um, what else? Anything else? Did any of you watch uh, In the Heights? Did you, Ronald? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't finish it because I didn't know it was a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> I tried to watch it today before we recorded. But I did, not, I did not know it was two and a half hours. But I did. It, I watched it enough to form some opinions of like yeah. the, what, what the movie is. I, I, I don't know the show, so I will finish it, you know, to, oh. to see how the story and the characters wrap up. But, so, um, you know, I'm. I'm try. I, I'll I'll try to give a review. Sans the thing that I knew would become a controversy that is now a huge controversy with Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, and his production and representation and colorism and stuff that's happening. But I will say, he knows how to tell a story. Um, sometimes I think that the the hip hop aspect of it 
feels a little elementary to me. Like sometimes it feels a little like, man, this could be the, like, I think the, the word, the, the, the wordplay is very intricate, but it feels like very element elementary stuff. Like it's like, um, remember, uh, not schoolhouse rock, uh, when they take a rap song and then kids kids bop. It's like a kids yeah. bop version of hip hop <laughs> where it's like, <clears throat> it feels like that a lot, but I do like that. I do like what he does with the, the art form. And like, you know, you can't deny that this thing is like, it's gorgeous. The people in it are gorgeous. Um, you know, it's a like, the end hits you like a ton of bricks. When when it you does. when does. you figure out what what it is that he's doing, it hits you like a ton of bricks. That's the part that I can align with. I have I really have a problem with the representation in it. Um, but you know, maybe maybe put put that in a nutshell for folks because I sh- sure I've, I've been reading up on this too, and I guess I wasn't sure. too surprised because sure. because people are always on. I mean, I think his stuff, the way he handles it, there's always going to be a question of that aspect of representation, but particularly in this, yeah. a lot of people are concerned about like the community in the movie as represented it as compared to the real life community that yeah. it's claiming so, to represent. Right. So in general, anybody who is a, is a non white person in the world, that's a minority that tends to be a, 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 a system of racism as it, as it uh, concerns colorism. So essentially, the lighter you are, the better you're treated, the more opportunities you have, the more you're represented. And um, this movie did a particularly strange job of just having lighter skin uh, Hispanic people represented in the film, Latinx um, uh, members of the community that tended to just be lighter skin. Now, if you know anything about slavery and anything like that, there's a big huge range of colors within the Latinx community, none of which were represented in this film. And that's the, I actually was watching it and I was like, man, that somebody's going to have a problem with this. That's the first thing I said when Aaron and I were watching it. I'm like, I don't, somebody, somebody could watch this and not think anything of it. But most people who, who, who have like Hispanic friends and have gone to someone's house, you know, who has like, you know, have gone to a family function know that there's like a crazy spectrum of colors and this was not represented in those films and that may have been because he has a couple people that he deals with or something like that but if you're saying you're in new york and you're saying that you're representing the latinx community you have to have some darker skin brown people you have to have some brown people in it it just you can't have you seen cuban people have you seen puerto rican people like they don't. They don't just look like the two stars of the film. So yeah. that was a huge, huge thing that I knew would be a thing. Um, but the film, <laughs> the film was fun, man. And the end was was fucking like I cried, man. Like I cried so at the end. I cried so at the end, man. Like because you know the the American dream, whether people you know are honest about it or not. It's pretty universal for a lot for a lot of us, you know. Like I, you know, there's whatever people deal with when they come to the country is is whatever, right? It's it's very it varying sort of experiences. But the, the thought that you want to come to America and make yourself better, you want to create this world within within it when you when you when you touch down is a universal story. And and yeah. when you see it played out the way that it's played out, it's it's magical, man. Like. That's one thing that he's great at. He he can tell a story. And um, the two leads, uh, one of which I'm gonna actually going to talk about later. Uh, what is that guy's name, man? Um, Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos, who is also in the Blind Spotting uh, TV show on Stars, which I'll talk about later. And um, Melissa Barrera, who is in Vita on Stars. If you want to watch a movie, uh, a show with great, uh, Latinx uh, representation. That's actually a good one too, but also has an issue with colorism as well. But but those are two shows that are very good. The two leads are very good in it. It was an incredible film. Yeah, but there's there's always that issue of colorism. So yeah, I feel like I feel like the thing he does well, like you've already kind of said, is just like 
whether it's this or you want to talk about Hamilton or even just like some of the storytelling that he does in songs that he's written for other movies that, you know, like even Moana, you know, like he's got, he's got a skill and um, you know, the songs really do. I mean, ironically, the songs do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the narrative of the story. And I think that's what really is engaging about the movie. Um, I wasn't familiar with the the musical itself beyond his association with it, you know, after he kind of, you know, more blew, blew up even more after Hamilton. But like, right. I just, I just thought, you know, like I thought the, that the performances were very good. I think that the filmmaking was actually pretty like stellar. I thought yeah. that like some of the set pieces and like knowing that they shot a lot of it on location um, and, you know, some of the, you know, cinematography and, and the way they kind of achieve some of those shots um uh, like the shot when they're on the side of the building like that whole that whole sequence is it's all part it's all part with with dr strange it's, <laughs> it's amazing like that yeah. level good of like the shifting and the dancing oh my god yeah, just just however they do i'd like to see a behind yeah. the scenes of how they accomplish that yeah, um me too. but yeah you're right like uh, you know the there there probably is some like simplicity to probably what he's doing with with that piece of the art form but i mean i personally can't speak to that but i feel like in terms of the story being told i really like how the songs really carry the story yeah and really are some of the most engaging parts of the story um like the whole the the, the whole song like the abuela song the patience some patience Cife or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, that whole sequence is just—it's just gorgeous and it's so emotional and um, more so than a lot of the actual just narrative scenes in the movie. Yeah, you know. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think for a <laughs> musical, it's probably a, a compliment to say that like most of what you're remembering from the movie are the story told through the songs, if not any real standout like blockbuster songs. You know, I don't yeah, know yeah. that it has a I don't know that it has a song on par with other big musicals of, you know, recent years, but um, I don't know. I, I really liked it too. I thought it was great. I thought the ending just was pretty great or pretty phenomenal, actually very emotional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn more about like, you know, when it, when it kind of popped up like a couple of days after it came out uh, what you were just describing and that's, and you know, watching them address it is still like a weird thing, you know, cause it's like, you're, you're good to see, it's good to see acknowledgement, like from the filmmakers and the people that wrote it and, right. and Lin-Manuel. And like, I think John Chu even like kind of got the same kind of backlash when crazy rich Asians came out um, for this, a similar reason. Um, so it's just like a weird thing that like, how does it keep popping up like that? Like, how does this continue to go? You know what I mean? Like, how does it continue to be unaddressed? Like when you yeah. have people who, who seem to genuinely be like progressive, like under, like, like well-informed, like very tapped in yeah. uh, people in the Hollywood system. So it's, it's such a weird thing for it to be such a miss in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And like, how does that get fixed? You know, like how do they, how do they, beyond saying we're sorry, like, what does that mean? You know, to, to say you're sorry and not, you know, have a way to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I don't know the movie itself, so- and you know, as, as a, as its own thing, like, again, if you can try to watch it, uh, as its own thing, I don't know. I thought it was really entertaining. It was really entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what else? Is there anything else you guys want to mention that you've seen before we, wrap up the episode Ronald, just, also, you, you also mentioned Rams. a couple things a second yeah ago. i just yeah. wanted to rattle off three things uh yep. stars is uh spinoff of blind spotting on stars uh it it's let me it, it stars ramos's wife oh god sorry like his wife in real life or yeah, the wife his, the show yourself? his wife in real life oh wow uh, by the way i think i think that guy's a star yes like, he's like in the new transformers is, like his his star is gonna go yeah like through the roof because of this movie um yeah but yeah he was he was great but yeah i i i love i love blind spotting the movie so i can't yeah. wait to watch the show yo yo so 
So one of the good things about blind spotting the TV show is it's 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 all over the place crazy, but it is it is a little more watered down because it felt like blind spotting was like I'm like what's happening right now it's it's, it's really intense um but it was the, intense. yeah the wife um the girlfriend of the main character God, who helped write the script uh his 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 uh girlfriend in the show Ashley Jones it basically revolves around her and the white dude from blind spotting is in jail. He gets arrested the first episode. He's oh, behind Ma- miles, right? Yeah. Miles. Miles. So miles is in jail and it, Ashley has to pick up the pieces and she moves into miles's mother's house. Oh, okay. That is basically essentially the, his sister is running in the only thing I, I guess an only fans from, from her house <laughs> It's really crazy. It starts off really crazy, but it's you can tell that it's going to be pretty much on par with Blind Spotting, and it's, cool. it's worth checking out. Um, Annie Murphy from uh, Shit's Creek uh, has a show called Kevin Can Fuck, Us, Fuck Himself, yeah, which is a combination of like a sitcom mixed with this like pretty serious story about a wife that's just fed up, man. And if you like Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek, you will love this show. It's very dark. But it has some payoffs. There's something going on with uh, her unraveling that's really pretty amazing. Yeah, there's a storyline there. I mean, it's it, it's it's a concept, yeah. but there's a storyline there. But that concept of like you see the sitcom reality, and then yeah. you see the 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 real reality outside that. Like yes, that yes. that that would that would be a fun gimmick, but that gimmick would get old. But what mm-hmm. they're actually doing with the real reality. There is, it's got like, I don't know, there's just a narrative that's happening there that, t- it, like you said, it can take the show to some really dark places. Yeah. But what I think is interesting is that it keeps the comedy intact. And also yeah. the sitcom segments are, you know, they, they, they're crafted with a lot of love. As much as they yeah. are breaking the sitcom idea, they're not like just spoofing a sitcom. They actually are kind of giving you some of the pleasures of a certain type of uh, sitcom and then dismantling it. And then, yeah, yeah. Annie Murphy, I mean... We already know she can take like a an anti heroic sort of character and make them super lovable from uh, Alexis on uh, on Schitt's Creek, and that's a character that we should hate. You know, this kind of privileged, spoiled person. But she she gave her such heart and made her such a lovable person. Um, that and this is not the same thing at all, but it's a similar thing of like as she goes to dark places. I think Annie Murphy is the kind of actor that might be able to keep us with them as they as they unravel, and I think that's right, a, right. that's a cool uh, uh, prospect. For it's pretty show. damn cool, man. It's and I would hope that out. at the end of the season, it's gone somewhere. I think that's the one thing. I would not want <laughs> yeah. this to be, you know what I mean? I yeah, would not yeah. want this to be like a resettable show, even though it almost, it, it's, I don't know. I'll be interested to see what the format, how long they intend to maintain the format and the style that they've got going, because it doesn't yeah. feel like it's meant to go forever. <laughs> at all. Um, and the last thing that I saw is the most gorgeous films I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, a Chinese movie called Shadow that came out in 2019, um, directed by Yi Mu Zhang. Um, it, so imagine if 300 was in 4K, but with a Chinese dynasty. Like it is gorgeous, and it's about the story of a of a commander who's injured, like mortally wounded, but he lives. And he doesn't want to appear weak. So he kidnaps a kid at eight years old and trains him to essentially pose as him uh, for the rest of his life, essentially. It's it's heavy duty and has a lot of cool martial arts with strings. But this thing is like, I I have never seen anything like it. But like it, it's like elevated, you know, it's, it kind of muted colors. It's like black and white. And then the people's faces are in color. Um, it's just gorgeous. The blood is like very deep, deep red. Um, and it's an adventure, man. It's a real adventure about deception and and love. And this thing is like, I, I suggest it to anybody, even if you don't like, you know, karate films, it's, it's, it's more, it's more than that. It's, it's a really well-told story about a lot of different things, but it's worth checking out shadow. Came out cool. in 2019. It's on all streaming sites. I looked on, I just bought it just now as we talked. It's on iTunes right now for 5 dollars 
uh gorgeous 4k if you want to watch it in 4k yeah shadow um what else anything else you guys want to mention i'm good i think that's it man all right cool uh so just as a heads up next week we may not have a podcast episode uh and you know one of the one of the three of us uh whose name sounds and rhymes with ron walker Walker. (laughs) not john walker but something like that um it's traveling thanks for keeping a lid on it steve i like the idea of being i don't want people to know when i'm traveling and going around the country so it's good it's not me find him is what i'm saying find john it's this ron Walker guy uh yeah so we're gonna see how the week plays out uh both for the podcast and for marvel schmarvel next week Mm. but um you know the podcast that's this podcast episode we just released episode uh, two for the Marvel Schmarvel for Loki. Um, next week, we're not sure if it's going to come out as we normally have been doing it, but j- maybe maybe it will. Who knows? It's going to be a surprise. Yeah. Either way, to, to, to all of us. <laughs> just just remember to be pleasantly surprised if there's any kind right. of movie schmovie next week. Right. Or Marvel Schmarvel. Right, right. Way. Or it might just be a glorious week off for everybody yeah. to just enjoy your lives, yeah. lives and uh, you know look forward to the next one. But until then, regardless of what happens, you can find us at movieschmovie.com. Check up on past episodes launch into whatever podcast platform you subscribe to all your podcasts through and make sure you're subscribed to us and leave a review recommendation star rating whatever option there might be there for you to uh to show some love for the podcast and again the marvel schmarvel show that we do that comes out you know i guess it'll be coming out in the middle of the week now that loki and and i think all the disney plus series are going to be coming out on wednesdays now i've read oh really um uh yeah i think i just saw that today actually um but yeah, so that'll be on the YouTube channel. So YouTube, find us Movie Movie on there. Um, if you want to check those out, that's all the Marvel talk, the Disney series, Black Widow when it hits theaters this summer. Um, you know, two places to make sure you keep in touch with us. The podcast also runs on that feed, so you can listen to the episodes there for this show also. Um, until we get back to this, as always, we've made our day. Thanks. Bye.